0: You're tuned to the general overseas service of the BBC. This is the British Broadcasting Corporation. Only three years into this long, long timeline of Eurovision, and already a pattern was being set. Italy would enter mostly great songs, but wins would be elusive. Also, another pattern was emerging that the best song rarely wins the song contest, and let's make no bones about it, the Lare, as it will go on to be commonly called, is clearly the best of these ten. Bolare. I don't need to wax lyrical about the song because everybody listening to this cast, Eurovision fans or not, knows how the song is sung from its various international releases. What I will say is that the easy on the eye and ear style should have stood this in good stead, but to my eyes there are two things wrong with it. Firstly, this could clearly be the start of a fad of cramming loads of words into a song, and despite the fact that Italians use short words, there does seem to be an awful lot of them. Secondly, Domenico looks smug. Almost too smug when he's singing this. He knows he's the talent on the show tonight, and it's more than likely going to be about him and only him, but possibly with a bit more him. He was an actor and knew all about the cameras and stuff, so the connection to the one static camera came naturally, but his arm movements were definitely pre-planned and looked very rehearsed to within an inch of their life, such as it needs rehearsing. Maybe the jurors found this smugness overwhelming, because at the end only 13 jurors across Europe thought this was the one. Arguably, this is the first known case of John Lundvik syndrome ever seen at the contest. Dominica, though would try again in 1959. Write the 1962 Italian entry and write and perform the 1966 one. He may not have won or come even close, but he's the one with the legacy out of this contest. Corey Brockham was no stranger to the Eurovision. In fact, she'd been to everyone before this one. Now, granted, that was a sum total of two, but you know, the Dutch would take little wins like that further down the line. She'd won last year too, singing about being trapped in a loveless marriage. No laughs there even for the mid-fifties. Clearly the Dutch decided that a safe pair of hands was needed and so they invited the winner back to sing for them this year and to juxtapose last year and more probably to cheer Corey up she sang Heel de Velud, the whole world, a song in which she's dying to tell the world her secret. Here's a hot take. It's because she stopped singing about being oppressed in the mid-50s loveless marriage, I'll Be Bound. The world, for tellen, Musically, this could be any mid-50s song sung by a woman. Loads of piano, loads of strings, But, and this is crucial, the song does get old quickly and recycles the same tired old ideas. Yes, Corey tries to tell the story, but it just misses on every level and relies too heavily on the said strings and even Corey packs in singing near the end because, well, the songwriter's run out of ideas and shoved some more strings in. Just the one juror thought this was the best song. France on next. André's song entitled Dorme Mon Amour or Sleep My Love is either a lullaby or a recipe for killing his wife by carbon monoxide poisoning and I still don't know which. Even looking back at the contest and knowing that the song ended up being the winner with 27 votes, I get the feeling as I do with most other songs in this contest that it's not as good as nuit. <laughs> Andre's style suits the smoky bars of Paris or Marseille. Though, it's a slow and languid style, and he makes singing look very easy. And his voice is silky smooth. And when you mix those two together, it's a better performance than the shouty and animated Italian that came on first six contest minutes ago. You can easily identify this as the lullaby, and it certainly has the desired effect of sending me into a coma when I listen to it, but back in the late 50s, before rock and roll had been invented, this is the kind of song that those continental types had been listening to, so in retrospect, it's not a surprise this ended up winning. Now dear listener, you may not have noticed, but I'm finding 1958 a little bit difficult to get enthused about. It's probably because I'm used to a contest with varying styles of music. But now with Luxembourg on stage, I find myself already trying to find more descriptions for the same type of song. Piano, check. Strings, check. Woman with a good voice singing in her wedding dress. Um, check. Cela commence sans <laughs> qu'on y pense le plus souvent et l'on écoute. <laughs> Solange Berry, who in no great surprise wasn't from Luxembourg but actually from Belgium, is earnest enough about the song in which she tells us about her great love and opines that it would be a shame that if love ended up as a friendship. Solange tries to sell the song by using hand movements even more than the did and in an homage to future contests this song has at least one and maybe even two key changes in it so at least it gave the contest something. <laughs> To me the whole thing goes on far too long, at least a verse and a chorus too long, and whilst the style is certainly in keeping with the times, something which the contest is now not known for, I get the distinct impression she's going through the motions here. So did the jurors, only one of them thought it was the best song. Sweden had never entered the contest up until the 12th of March 1958, And whilst some people wish that that date was later or indeed never happened at all because they have marmalised all their ideas into one mushed-up Melody Festival and clone and then foisted that on the European viewing public, uh here they were in a much simpler time where one songwriter and one singer was all that was needed. Alice Babs, whose statue I photographed on the island of Sultschwebaden in Stockholm, came onto the stage and almost literally blended into the scenery. No, seriously, her dress nearly literally blended into the scenery. Nearly literally, there you go. I'm sure the camouflage nature of her dress wasn't the look that SR were going for, it's what they ended up with though. In a Eurovision first, the songwriter clearly forgot what he was writing about as Alice lars her way through the first verse in a trick that's rarely been repeated since. It only serves as a distraction to the inevitable woman singing a song with lots of strings motif that's clearly the 1958 equivalent of the modern day Schlagerfest. The song is about Alice singing to a little star and wishing her man would come along and then asking the said star all manner of things. It wasn't by all accounts going to be anything like that at all. It's said that Alice demanded changes to the song and the composer got so incredibly spiteful that he prevented the song from being recorded for 30 years. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is how to hold a grudge. Still ended up in fourth place though with 10 first place votes. And so a whole five songs down and then in something of a novelty for nowadays, the show just stopped and went for an orchestral interval which sounded nothing at all like any of the five previous songs that had been presented, therefore underlining what many of us now know that Eurovision never was, and never will be, hip and modern and on trend. And so, in an homage to that, here's a piece of music completely out of kilter with the other five that you've already heard. (laughs) And after that, we move to Denmark, Now, transport yourself back to 1958. Imagine you've had an argument with your lover. And then imagine the worst thing you could do smash an ornate vase. Maybe even kick the cat. Danes do things a little differently, because the thing that Raquel did was to tear a page out of her diary. Yes, that's right. She got so upset that she tore a book. The next two and a bit minutes she then proceeds to tell her lover, with the obligatory strings and harp, that she was angry and wishes she could take back what she said and etc. But I fear that fell on deaf ears because no one likes airing their dirty laundry in public, especially in front of a baying mob of 15 Europeans. She poured out her heart and regret for three measly votes. Hardly seems worth it, does it? The date of her missing page of the diary is also unknown, but I'd like to think it's April 5th. Good old Elmer Fudd now took to the stage for Belgium. What? No. Oh, Fud Leclerc. My mistake. I always get those two mixed up. The song is about a man who wanders through a rough part of town, apparently the red light district, and finds his little sweetie. No one knows if she's more tang Fastics or rhubarb and custard. <laughs> and it's left unclear if Fudd is actually a wannabe pimp. There are an inordinate amount of words in this song and they just keep coming throughout the whole three minutes. And it seems as though someone should shout at Fudd and tell him to take a break and breathe. Musically, it's a cross between swing and a typical French wartime standard that you'll find in any war film ever. <laughs> But the song just goes nowhere. That's probably why it scored so low, because it is just a ramble set to music. It did garner eight votes though, five of them from a clearly drunk jury preparing for their song that came up next. Singing eighth, they got this all wrong before Margot Hauser even opens her mouth. It's called Tupany Music, as opposed to too fennig music which it should be and i know which one i'd have preferred margot comes onto stage dressed in a wedding dress and tiara and sash saying miss rock and roll she clearly won the Maplin's snobbly knees contest in 1958 then well, if you're if you got the blues, I got some news. Join in the fun in your blues, they you on the holiday rock. The holiday- First verse goes in that vein talking about how there's a Miss France and a Miss Legs, but Margot doesn't want to be any of those because presumably she's ugly. No, 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 no. She wants to be Miss Jukebox, and it goes on in that vein for the rest of the song. <laughs> This is the first song that we could call up-tempo in this contest and even has a key change towards the end, so setting up the modern contest way back in 1958 there. But the whole performance and the song is limited by the now familiar but then groundbreaking trick of cellotaping two musical styles together, namely the swing and the slow tempo style, and making it one big dog's breakfast of a song. It ends up in a terrible shouting match between the orchestra and Margot as to who could be heard, and Margot, as she did in the contest, lost. Five votes is all it scored. So on we move swiftly to the penultimate song of the contest, Austria. The singer, Leanne Augustine, was relatively famous in post-war Austria, rather surprisingly for somebody German born, I'd have thought. <laughs> As many of the songs in this contest sound as though they could have been Smoky Lounge Club songs, here we have a typically Smoky Lounge Club singer. The problem with German is that it sounds, well, German and by that I mean guttural and whilst Leanne is clearly trying to palm this song off as something she'd sing in the back streets of Paris or Lyon in style there's no hiding the language and that immediately makes you think of Klangenfurt and Graz. A seedy Austrian nightspot just doesn't have the same ring to it as, say... ...would have done. It's Austria in a nutshell, trying to be all good and stuff, and having decent enough material, but never scoring anywhere near enough when it counts on the actual scoreboard. Eight votes. With the three from france who could clearly see where it's coming from put this in fifth place mercifully for me but not for europe the tenth and final song roared round the final corner and into the home straight something of a familiar face here the dearly departed lis came into view and a bit like the interval act some something that was completely and totally out of keeping with the rest of the contest <laughs> We all know what Lise did in 1956, most of us don't know that she ended up a dismal 8th and 57, so for her third and final attempt, well apart from this, and it's all in your head, everything's in your mind, she ended up singing the menu from a very bad Italian restaurant for the 15 viewers around Europe. The menu consists chiefly of <coughs> And Polenta 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 Poor old George is all I say. His taste buds must have been attacked and his mouth must be very dry for all he eats in a scona for the weekend as polenta and drinks only chianti. On the flip side though, Liss must be a somewhat frugal date. This ended up with twenty four votes, finishing in second place, although let's be fair, it's not Liss's finest hour, is it? Did I say that this was the last song? Mon Dieu, what a calamitous mistake it's a maker. We then got Dominigo singing Valare one more time as there was un problem technique in some parts of Europe. Don't panic, I'll save you from playing it again. But I will leave you with a song that proves definitely once and for all you can't teach an old list new tricks. Until our Christmas special, bye! You can do what you want, you can be what you like If you're checking what's in your So listen and